Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the second episode of our series on supply chain finance. We broke down in the previous episode what supply chain is and why it needs financing. And we are now about to dive into how to do so. In this episode, expect to learn what is factoring and reverse factoring, the concept of selling your invoices. What are letters of credits and their use in supply chain finance? What is dynamic discounting? What are supply chain finance programs? And much more. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving us a review. Reviews are the best way to help podcasters since the algorithm of the different platforms then push forward the best rated podcasts. And well, on top of that, it makes Hussam and I very happy. So only benefits. But with all that being said, please welcome Hussam and I. Okay, so what's an example of financing those those financing solutions that you previously mentioned uh, in those complex supply chains and keep the other partners happy? Yeah, so let's start with a very simple one. And we actually touched upon very quickly on this podcast, which is factoring. So this involves a business selling its account receivables. We can call it AR like an invoice that is issued to one of its customers uh, who is meant to pay at a later stage. This invoice is sold to a third party called a factor for the amount of the invoice minus a fraction of it, generally a percentage that will be the fee that the factor takes. The factor is now the owner of this AR, the account receivable, and will receive the totality of the invoice amount once it matures meaning when the customer of the business will effectively pay. If I get that right, someone that uh, has sold something, a company that sold something, and I receive an invoice that I'm going to get paid this, right? So you issue an invoice, you mean? You issue the invoice. Yeah, indeed. So I issue an invoice. Um, That person or that company that I've sold it to, they say, hey, okay, great, we're going to pay you you know, let's agree to 90 days payment term. So we'll pay you 90 days after you issue the invoice. Mm-hmm. Um, I can then go and sell that invoice to a third party. Exactly. The money now. And then that institution that has bought the invoice from me will collect it in 90 days. But I guess they exactly take a cut, right? Mm-hmm. So exactly, maybe to make it a bit more clear, uh, but that's 100% it. What you sell technically is not the invoice. You sell the promise of money to be received in 90 days, right? So you say, look, this customer is going to pay me this amount, the one written on the invoice, but I need the cash now. Or for some reasons, I would like to have the cash now. Can you make an advance of this payment that is meant to be done by a customer of mine, but you pay it instead? And then when the invoice is due, the customer will not pay me, but pay you directly. And of course, the amount that I receive now from this third-party financial institution is a little bit less than the total amount of the invoice because this person, this third party, needs to pay itself, right, for the transaction. 
But exactly, that's a, that's a pretty good summary. And this basically, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so the benefit to me of selling that promise or selling the invoice or, or whatever yeah. is yeah. I get the cash now. I don't have to wait 90 days. Um, although I get less, but I get it faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and the benefit to the third party that I go to to sell the promise to or the invoice to, they make a bit of a profit, but they're okay with the cash flow hurt to them. For the hey, exactly. Exactly. That's the business model. So typically, if we can put it concre- concretely, you get your cash earlier, which is what most of the suppliers try to achieve at a little discount. So it means, okay, you really need your cash. You're willing to pay a little bit for that. For your customer, it's seamless because they're going to pay when the invoice is due and according to the payment terms they have contracted with you. So they do not even care, uh, so to say. And the third party, we can imagine here somebody or an institution that will make this because they are sitting on a pile of cash that they do not know really what to do of. And they're like, hey, how about I help this supplier uh, getting his money earlier and I will get money out of it, interest, basically. Um, but that's pretty much it. Does it make sense? Yeah, makes sense, indeed. Awesome. So what are the other financing solutions? So the second one is called reverse factoring. And okay. as you can imagine, go ahead, give it a guess. So it's, it's factoring, but the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're, you're such a treasurer. Very creative. <laughs> <laughs> in the naming, let's not say we are the most original indeed, but that's exactly, that's, that's what it is. Um, it's factoring, but reversed. So you're spot on, Sam. In this case, um, it's the, so the buyer needs to have the supplier onboarded, of course, but it's not the supplier going to the third party. It's the buyer. So buyer receives the invoice, also called the pay order from the suppliers. It approves it and gets it financed by the third party. So it's basically the same mechanism, but the other way around. Okay. And the buyer initiates at this time. Yeah. The buyer is which side again? It's the side of the third party. The third party, the buyer. Who's the buyer? So the buyer, so let's say uh, you sell steel materials, right? And I transform steel materials into car parts. Mm-hmm. In that case, I'm the buyer. I am your buyer. Um, but let's say that the payment terms are, I mean, I wasn't able to negotiate well with you because it's like only 30 days and I tend to like 60 or 90 days. I'm like, this is going to arrive too, too early. But in order to contract with you, you impose this to me. And I'm like, I'm really not comfortable with paying you in 30 days because my customers pay me in 60. So instead of saying, look, I cannot make the deal and not being able to work, I go to a third party, a financial institution, and I say, look, I have this, uh, I had this issue uh, in my cash flow forecasting. I will have to pay my supplier before I receive the money. And right now, I really cannot afford this. But those are the terms of the contract. Can you finance the invoice I will receive? Which means the supplier is not the one getting the hit, kind of, but more the buyer in that case. So I will have to pay a little bit extra for this. But at least I'm contracted with, with my supplier. I'm getting my raw materials that I can transform in, uh, in car parts that I will sell at a better price to my clients. But this allows me a little bit of flexibility. And this is it's not a contract negotiation tool, but it's kind of allowing me to afford a little bit of margin of negotiation, let's say. 
That's that. So it's just like taking a loan to be able to pay your bills on time. And now you're getting your head, but that's exactly it. Um, that's what I would like to break down a little bit down further this episode. But that's what it is. It's a cash advance. So it's a loan. It's a kind of credit. And we're going to see it when we're going to talk about credit rating and rating agencies. But let's keep a little bit the suspense. But you're right. Yeah. That's it. Do you have any other tools for me then, Guillaume? So we've got um, reverse factoring, which we just discussed, factoring as well. So that's both on the um, the person that's going to get paid and the person that's going to pay. What other tools? Exactly. Is that not? So there are still a few. Um, and let's start with the letters of credit. I don't know if you remember, but we talked about this concept quite some episodes ago with Ellen Lowers when we talked about trade finance. And so just as a quick reminder, a letter of credit is a letter from a bank that guarantees the buyer's payment to a seller. So if the buyer fails to pay the correct amount on time, the bank will be required to cover it in full or whatever of the amount remaining that still has to be paid. And so me as a person that's going to get paid, even if I don't trust the company that I'm meant to get paid from, right? So I'm more secure. Exactly. So that's A and B. So, so far, we have been talking about either getting paid earlier or paying later, but having the freedom of, uh, of movement and so on. But what about just getting paid on time? Because that's also an issue in the supply chain finance, right? When you're dealing with, I don't know, you're the car manufacturer, you, you have probably like hundreds, if not thousands of suppliers and so clients. So how are you sure that people are going to pay on time? You're probably not. And if you're dealing with a new entity, a new company, at the other side of the world, and you're like, well, the negotiation terms are what they are. But then you're like, okay, I would like to make sure I'm being paid on time. So I need a letter of credit for this client, for instance. But that's exactly it. Yeah. So we've covered uh, getting paid quicker, a tool to mm -hmm. get paid quicker, a tool to pay later. Kind of, yes. Gets paid quicker. And it a tool to guarantee that it will happen. Exactly. So that seems like all the possible scenarios, right? What other so, financing is there? There is another and last one uh, that I would like to mention, uh, which is not rather new, but is getting enabled by technology more and more, which is why it's becoming trendy. But it's called dynamic discounting. And I, I find this one quite interesting. So. We all know what discounting is, right? What a discount is, um, either based on a sale period or a specific agreement and so on. This means that you can get a product at a lower price than the usual one. So this could be described as static discounting, the price of the good minus, I'm saying something 20%, for instance. This is static. It's, it's here to remain. Dynamic discounting allows for a customer to pay at any time before the invoice matures, of course, not after. So based on how early the customer decides to pay, it gets a discount accordingly. Obviously, the faster the payment, the bigger the discount. That's really interesting. So it, it, it amazes me, the more I learn about corporate treasury, Guillaume, it amazes me just how much, how important companies find it to get paid earlier, just to get cash mm -hmm. flow. Like they're going to take less just to get the money faster so their absolute terms get paid less. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, because, and they want, so more importantly, I think, but your spot on is to have the flexibility to do so. It's all about, treasury is all about liquidity in the end. You want to be able to like manage your 
debt repayment on time. This is the most important. You want to avoid insolvency and so bankruptcy. But exactly, having this flexibility is the lifeblood of the treasury department. Okay, so but it's almost like also if you're someone that has lots of liquidity, you're mm-hmm. gonna save money as well, right? As a planner, yes. you can save more money if you just have cash available to pay for exactly. And this can be seen as an investment in the end. I'm the customer. I have a lot of cash. Instead of putting it on a saving account, on the money market funds that will get me, I'm not, I don't know, I'm saying something, 2 or 3%, I can propose my supplier to pay them 90 days earlier, as soon as the invoice comes in, and I, and I negotiate them 10%. And then it's a hell of an investment. That's a hell of a way to optimize my available cash. So which is why dynamic discounting is a very interesting one. And on top of that, uh, opposed to the factoring, reverse factoring and so on, there is almost no third party involved in that. What do you, what do you mean almost? So you don't go to a financial institution to contract a factoring service, right? But you will need a tool to do such a thing. And this tool comes at a price, obviously. And on top of that, you would require both the supplier and the buyer to be live on this tool. But I propose we keep this for a little bit later on in this episode. Very clear. Any other tools you want to take me through, Gil? Not financial solution per se, uh, but there is one last thing I would like to call out, uh, which is the supply chain finance program. And here, we actually do not really talk about one financial instrument anymore, but the whole setup to optimize the supply chain involving all or parts of the financial instruments we just mentioned. So factoring, reverse factoring, letters of credit, and dynamic discounting. So a supply chain finance program goes a bit more in depth uh, in the analysis, let's say, of the supply chain than just saying, okay, I'm going to contract a factoring service. And it proposes solutions throughout the whole supply chain or part of it with those different financial instruments depending on where the need is for which supplier, which buyer, and so on. So a supply chain finance program had to be mentioned in this episode because it's setting up this whole like articulation of different financial solutions used. 